0: Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to to, uh, Summit Church on this, the the first Sunday of March, just two weeks away from spring officially coming. Does that sound good to anyone? Yeah, it sure sounds good good to me. I'm Pastor Michael. I'm the lead pastor of Summit Church, and I think I speak for all who are a part of Summit when I say to any guests, we're glad you're here today. Welcome this morning. And I just want to start off this teaching kind of pointing us back to where we've been, saying there are no happily ever afters. That's right. At least until Jesus comes back. I'm really sorry if that's news to you. It's, it's just the way it is. Now, please uh, don't misunderstand me. There is a lot of joy to be gleaned along the way. But if what you're after is to diminish all personal pain and only live in complete happiness um sorry that won't happen until the kingdom of god is established and we look forward to the glorious day when jesus comes back this is a theme that we actually started last fall as we began studying the the life of david the great champion of of biblical history It's a theme that we've continued into the new year and today we want to continue as we begin a brand new series that I've called Avoiding Life's Pitfalls. It's really a study about relationships. Hopefully it's one that will continue to push us forward as a body as God is calling us to understand how we can be used to love Estes Park and beyond. That we are one as we Worship one Lord as one team with one mission. David had defeated a major bully, in enemy of Israel, the Philistine giant Goliath. He was an immediate hero. Life was good, right? I mean, if anybody deserved a happily ever after at this point, it was David, right? Well, wrong, because Goliath was just one test standing in line among many. So as your pastor, please understand that's a big part of what life is. It's a series of tests. When will those tests finally end? Well, when at last you're complete. And I'm sorry, but that's probably going to be a long, long time for you (laughs) anyway and it's a good thing remember rejoice it's a sign that you're a child of god god loves you just the way you are absolutely but he loves you too much to let you stay just the way you are he's preparing you to be a citizen of heaven and that's going to require some refining it's going to require some testing to the king's benefit david had won an incredible victory the people began to cheer. Saul killed the thousands. David killed the tens of thousands. Awesome. And then it backfired. This ego-driven king suddenly felt felt threatened, began to believe a lie. Wow, if David could get this much acclaim, then what else will he do but take my kingdom? A couple of questions here as we as we enter into this teaching. Has someone you loved ever believed? lies about you has someone you loved ever been the source of lies about you reverend bailey used to say if if someone says something bad about you the best response is for you to live your life in such a way as to prove them wrong that's david david's reward for putting his life on the line for his country, David's reward for putting his life on the line for his king, he will be hunted and killed. The anointed, the, the man of God, right? Reduced to a mere villain, forced to hide in caves because of lies. It's an incredible injustice. But, but wait a minute. God had already promised David that he was next in line for the throne. Doesn't that give David the right to take matters into his own hands. Do you ever feel the right to take matters into your own hands, whether literally by some action or by harboring offense in your heart? Someone said, I'm not a control freak. As long as everything goes exactly the way I think it should, I'm totally flexible. But here's the deal. If God wanted you to be in control of this universe, he would have given you the remote control. But the truth is, God's the keeper of that remote. And by trying to control everything, you and I end up enjoying nothing. One thing we can't control, we can't control other people. We can control our response to other people. We can entrust them to God, but we can't control them three men were talking one day two of them began discussing the lack of control that they had in their own households specifically over their own wives the third guy went quiet at that point and noticing this one of the men said well you've kind of gotten quiet do you know something we don't well <clears throat> he said yeah uh, i'll tell you just the other day i had my wife down on her knees The other guys looked dumbfounded wow they want to know what happened next Oh, she finally hollered, come out from under that bed, you coward, and fight like a man. <laughs> in First Samuel chapter 24, Saul gets word that David was hiding in the En wilderness. I brought a shot of this for you because Valerie and I have actually been there, as have others who are here today. Some have been there multiple times times fascinating to stand at this viewpoint to look up at this one valley in the En wilderness and consider the hideout for, for David and his men we're, we're told it hasn't changed much over the centuries but for David it provided a perfect hideout fresh water vegetation uh, which provided camouflage cover countless caves some big enough for all 600 of David's men offering a vantage point to watch out for approaching enemies. And so I point you to verse three. Can you believe it? The king has to go to the bathroom. Yep, there it is. Check it out. Kings have to answer the call of nature just like the rest of us. And even kings prefer a little privacy. So all 3,000 of King Saul's men waited outside. Can't say I blame them. <laughs> and as humorous as we find this whole bathroom thing to be, it gets better. Of all the caves the king could have chosen to hide, to, to, to relieve himself in, he ended up in the very cave where David and his men are hiding. <laughs> this is just too good to be true. Talk about being vulnerable. The king's been caught with his pants down. Here we are. David's men are elated. And if you look at verse 4: David! David, David, this is your opportunity. This is what the Lord's been talking about when he handed promised to hand your enemies over to you so you could deal with them the way you wish. David, David, go for it. Here it is. Have you ever had someone tell you what God's will is for your life? It may begin with a sentence like, God gave me a word for you or the Lord told me. And I don't want to undermine the reality that we need godly people speaking into our lives, but the truth is that everything said must be measured against what God has said. Yeah, God did promise David the throne, but nowhere did he tell him to take matters into his own hands. Nowhere did he tell him that he would be given an opportunity to take the king out himself. See, if God calls us to do anything, he calls us to honor our leaders, And to pray for them. But we love to gripe about leaders. I mean, it's one of the signs we're control freaks. And from what I've observed, it it doesn't feed our joy at all. I I find music feeds my joy. So I think I'm going more for music than news these days because news steals my joy. In fact, that would be a great uh, uh, little introduction to a radio station, wouldn't it? Less news, more music, right? Or more music, less news. Let it feed your joy. See, the better idea is to vote where you can, use your voice where it's proper, but then pray for those who make decisions on our behalf and trust them to God. So in the second part of verse four, instead of killing the king, David quietly reached out, and cut off the corner of his robe. And you might be saying, Hold on a minute, we're in a cave here with six hundred men, and David's that close to the king cutting off a corner of his robe. I mean, come on. I mean, how does that work? And you know, I, I get the picture that in these caves, some of them have running water, some of them have wind blowing through them. Even the caves in Colorado Spring have have the title of of wind caves, wind cliff caves or something like that so there's the possibility that there's enough noise that the king wouldn't have noticed the men but i do notice three things about david's character here so let's talk about these first i noticed that he had a healthy conscience in verse five he could have killed his pursuer but he chose not to his healthy conscience was working just cutting off the corner of his robe bothered him because he saw it as a disrespect for the lord's anointed Uh, He he saw it as taking matters into his own hands. So I've already asked you if, 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 uh, if you've ever taken matters into your own hands, and now I ask you, have you ever gotten yourself in trouble by taking matters into your own hands? I certainly have. In fact, next week I'll share a specific story and be a little vulnerable with you. Um, but you can ask me sometime about those times that I've taken matters into my own hands and gotten in, into trouble. It has something to do with Valerie saying, Dear, they just may be in church this Sunday. See, we're talking about simple compromises. We're talking about jumping into relationships, jumping into debt, making rash decisions, responding with outbursts of anger, telling white lies if there even is such a thing. It works like this when God seems a little slow in coming through for us we feel the need to help him out a little bit but praise God David was conscience-stricken. Secondly in verse 7 he capitalized on a teaching moment. Saul was absolutely wrong in his pursuit of David but it wasn't David's job to try to fix everything. It was God's job So it says right there that David sharply rebuked his men and didn't allow them to attack Saul. So here goes Saul walking out of the cave, unharmed, walking away freely. You can almost hear the men. Come on, David, what's the matter with you? This guy is on a mission to kill you. Finally, God is handing him over to you and you're going to feel guilty just for cutting off the corner of his robe. Get real, David. David. But the deal is, we can rationalize just about anything we want, but thank God for those friends who are willing to speak truth, speak hard truth even, into our lives. This points me to a time when I was at school in Flagstaff, Arizona, at Northern Arizona University, Uh, I, I... my roommate at the time, I'd gotten myself in an unusual situation because I wanted to get on a quiet floor. I wanted to get serious about studying and none of my friends wanted to be on a quiet floor. So I ended up with a a roommate I didn't know. And one day he comes walking in with a sealed pack of a very inappropriate magazine. In other words, there wasn't just one copy, but it was a whole stack the kind of thing that would be delivered to a store. And he said it had fallen off the back of a truck, right? I I can't imagine that. So he set that thing on his desk. He wasn't around much. And and, uh, then one day he opened it. And then one day I was there studying and I saw those magazines and picked one up and started reading it. Well, praise God, right at that moment, one of my Christian buddies just stopped by. And so I opened the door and told him about an interesting article I was reading. And when I told him what magazine it was in, he said, I don't think that's a good idea. So when I argued with him, he said, well, if that's your response, then I'm out of here. I'll see you later. You know, that was all I needed to set me straight. I, I put that magazine right down, picked up some books and followed my friend to his room. It was a teaching moment. It was a subtle rebuke. And I thank God for those Christian friends, for those, those friends who, who had a timely word for me, saying something like, I don't think that's right, or that's not a good idea, or I don't get that joke. Very, very helpful. So capitalizing on teaching moments, uh, healthy conscience. And then third, I see his absolute confidence in God. If you look at verse eight, David stepped out of that cave, to confront the king. He honors him by falling face down to the ground, calling him his lord and king. And then he asked him why he chose to believe lies. At this point, he holds up the corner of the king's robe and says, see, I had an opportunity to kill you and I didn't. That should give you peace of mind. That should tell you I'm not on a mission to, to kill you. And then you come to verse 12, way through the verse, and David says to him, Let the Lord avenge the wrongs you have done for me, done to me, but I will never lay a hand on you. That's between you and God. You know what? We live in a messed up world. That's right. And in a messed up world, messed up people do messed up things to one another. And instead of us trying to fix everybody, sometimes we just need to entrust them. To the Lord when people believe lies about us or when people get in the way of God's plan for us we need to believe that it's okay God is in control and this points me to one of my favorite statements of life one that I, I got from a, a man of influence Dr. Bill Bright that we just speak the truth in love and we leave the results to God that's David speak the truth truth in love and leave the results to God. That, that's true of our witness. It's true of our lives, how we approach life. Life. It's true of, of this teaching. Just speak the truth in love, believing that God is going to do something with it, that his word doesn't return void. In fact, that points us to something else that we need to highlight right here, and that is King Saul acknowledged that David was absolutely right. He acknowledged that David spoke truth. Look at verse 17. He said, you are more righteous than me. You've treated me well. I've treated you badly. And then if you jump to verse 19, may the Lord reward you well. And he even goes on to acknowledge that David will one day be king. And then he asked for a favor. He says, swear by the Lord that you will not kill my descendants or destroy me. Oh, there is good old Saul again. He more worried about himself than the bigger picture of the kingdom, right? But he didn't need to worry about this. David had already decided long before this moment that, that, that he, this, this would be his response. He goes ahead and affirms it for the, for the king's sake. In fact, it's a sweet moment. Maybe the king's changing. Well, sadly, the truth is that even though Saul acknowledged truth that day, affirmed truth, it didn't change his heart, nor did it slow his attacks. So I want to bring this home now, and, and I, want, I want to give you three things that we can learn from the wilderness of En First thing, we're messed up people. <laughs> That's right. We're all messed up people, and therefore we should expect to be mistreated by people we love, by people around us. Why are we so surprised when people hurt us? Messed up people do messed up things to one another. See, truth is we all have a little soul in us, and that includes you. None of us has the whole story. We've all bought into these half-truths if they exist, right? In some cases, we've contributed to the lies. We've even allowed them to trigger endorphins in our brain, chemicals in our brains that somehow make us feel a little better about ourselves. So we're all messed up. We shouldn't be surprised when we're mistreated. Secondly, mistreatment, tends to trigger the need for us to take matters into our own hands. Now, I'm not giving you permission to take matters into your own hands. I'm just giving you a heads up. We need to anticipate what comes so naturally to us. It's part of our messed up nature. It's a knee-jerk reaction to an offense. That's why Jesus said, How would you like others to treat you? How about this? you be actively treating them that way and instead of trading offense for offense, learn to pray for them, learn to bless them, even learn to love them. So we're all messed up, we shouldn't be surprised when we're mistreated, but we need to recognize that mistreatment triggers the need to take matters into our own hands, which third We need to learn to trade taking matters into our own hands, which is merely a reaction of the flesh to learning to take them on in the power of Christ. The power of Christ. That was David's key to victory. While everyone else was speaking out of the flesh, even invoking God's name along the way, David did the right thing. Go get him, David. This is your moment. And and he almost did, but God's spirit took control keeping the knife out of Saul's vital organs and only allowing David to get a corner of the king's robe. Friends, this is a big part of how we are to love Estes Park and beyond. It begins uh, by receiving a love that's greater than you or I. It's learning to walk in God's love in order that he might walk that same love out of us. We are one, one Lord one team one mission love Estes and beyond all of this should point us to the cross there Jesus was brutally beaten left for dying he could have called 10,000 angels to have come to his aid instead he prayed for those who had spread lies about him and so brutally beaten him father forgive them they don't have a clue what they're doing. They're just messed up people doing messed up things. See, Jesus understood us. He was willing to die for that very reason. And unlike us, Jesus isn't messed up. The big matter Jesus took into his own hands was the matter of taking your sin and my sin upon himself and carrying it to the cross so that it could be conquered, so that sin and death could be conquered once And for all. But here we stand at the foot of the cross. Can you be honest about the pain that you've caused? Can you admit to the pain that you carry? Will you give it to God? Will you allow it to point you to the cross where God can fill you with His Holy Spirit and begin empowering you to be an instrument of healing? It's our purpose being empowered to love Estes Park and beyond. And so it's on this note that I want to move us into a time of communion, and we serve an open communion here. But as we do, let God search your heart so that you can He can reveal to you anything in your life that's contrary to Him. And then you can receive communion with the right heart. Let's pray.